Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the latest episode of the CS School podcast, where we speak with CS professionals from all over the world, learning about the hottest topics in customer success by stripping them right back to basics and discovering how best we can apply these strategies. This episode is brought to you by Tatango, the customer success software your business can't outgrow. Tatango provides unlimited scalability and unmatched time to value to help cross-functional teams drive productivity, retention, and expansion. Did you know that some of the biggest customer success teams in the world think SAP, GitHub, Schneider Electric, and Aircall, they all use Tatango to gain a 360-degree view of customer health, to collaboratively manage their customer portfolio, and to engage proactively and intelligently with their customers. You can learn more about Tatango and request a demo at tatango.com CSC. And just as Tatango empowers customer success teams through technology, you can take that very same collaborative ethos and apply it to the sales and customer success relationship. You might remember in our last episode, we were joined by Tatango's SVP of customer success, Chris Dishman, to discuss the specific nuanced relationship between sales and customer success. And this week, we're continuing that conversation with Taylor Hodges, the Global Head of Customer Success for Corrigo Enterprises at JLL Technologies. Taylor's a driven customer success leader with a passion for achieving impactful customer outcomes and fostering relationships both internally and externally. In her role at JLL, over the past six years, Taylor's focused on partnering strategically with her customers to grow and evolve organizations across verticals by leveraging the JLL portfolio of best-in-class products and services. Taylor loves a challenge and works tirelessly to advocate for the needs of her customers. She's got a background in customer success, marketing, project management, and ERP consulting. She's really got it all. So if you've still got some questions surrounding perhaps formalizing the sales to custom success handoff process or how to best align your sales and CS teams, Taylor's got some pretty hot takes you're going to love. So tune into this second installment of our special two-parter on the enigmatic world of customer success and sales. So shall we get on with it? Here goes. Taylor, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Grace. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be chatting with you today. Um, this episode's a special one, actually. It's a two. It's part. It's part two of two of two. Uh, so, following on from our um, insightful conversation with uh, Tatango's SVP of Customer Success, Chris Dishman, um, we we discussed uh, the relationship between sales and customer success and all all of its wonderful nuances. Um, we're taking it a step further and into this fascinating world. So, um, thank you so much for joining me because we're going to be talking about that really interesting relationship between sales and CS, um, um, but from your perspective today. So thank you very much for joining me. Um, but I, I guess for any list, for our listeners, would you be able to start, a, um, would you, yeah, start, start this episode by telling us a little bit about your, your journey into customer success and your current role as global head of customer success at JLL Technologies? Absolutely. So I actually started my career in ERP consulting. So I focused on mid-market ERPs, wore many different hats, um, eventually ended up in a customer success role, but was part of the you know, marketing, business development, project management. So I was able to gain experience from those different roles that have led me to where I am today. 
um, in more of a pure customer success role for a SaaS company. So since I've been with JLL, which was started about six years ago, I started out as a CSM. I then was promoted to uh, the leader of our high-touch segment for our Carigo Enterprise product. And now I lead customer success globally uh, for that product within JLL. Thank you for sharing that, Taylor. It's really interesting. I think I love hearing about people's CS backgrounds because it's just it's it's such a nice mosaic of different things like like you like you mentioned like different and you can just bring different experiences like like you said into into your CS rail so thank you very much um so I guess really for the purpose of this episode it'd be probably a really great idea to uh dive into how JLL has been aligning their sales and customer success functions I think yeah it's probably probably a good best place to start um I'm particularly curious to hear, um, based on when we were discussing about this, discussing how to, you know, what our plans should be for this episode. I'm particularly curious to hear that you've um, managed this by industry vertical, but I'd like to know a little bit more about this and wonder if you could go into any of the specifics about what this looks like or, yeah, be able to walk us through some of the outcomes you might have, you know, you might have seen using this quite innovative approach. Sure. So we have definitely taken a vertical industry approach starting toward the beginning of this year in 2023. So sales, customer success, as well as product have all been aligned vertically. So we have what we call pods um, that include representatives from each of these groups. And this allows us to understand the market needs, customer best practices related to our products and services, our ability to nurture advocates and collaborate on new innovations and new technologies related to a very targeted audience, uh, which we found to be really beneficial. Um, This allows us to engage better both with prospects as well as with existing customers. And it helps us be more agile in our approach and execution and how we interact with them. Um, So these vertical pods, what we call them, uh, we engage either weekly or biweekly between customer success, sales, and product. We use Tatango dashboards and scorecards for each one of these verticals so that we can look at things like, you know, what's in the pipeline that's coming up? What risks do we have with current customers or with current opportunities with prospects related to this particular industry. We look at things like renewals, as well as the product roadmap as it relates to the needs of those customers. Additionally, we're collaborating on open opportunities for expansion revenue. Uh, Other things that we look at include looking at at at-risk accounts and trends for risk related to specific reasons so that we can push that back into our organization and that feedback loop. Uh, And additionally, we look at churn. So we wanna understand why are customers leaving? How can we prevent that moving forward? How can our actions impact upcoming renewals at risk for churn? Um, We also look at things like customers with overdue payments because we feel like this puts them at risk. 
And just overall, we're trying to come together to work better as a team so that we can understand, you know, what is working well in this particular vertical? What's not working well? You know, where do we have opportunities to innovate from a product perspective or an engagement perspective? How are we driving advocacy? So we've got a big user conference coming up next year. How are we getting customers to participate across all of our core industry verticals, of which we have seven? Um, how are we delivering success stories? How are we doing on customer references and nurturing our contacts that will become references or advocates for our organization? And then a couple of times a year, we'll look at, you know, what was the NPS score for this particular vertical and what was the feedback and how can we improve and deliver on that feedback? Wow. I mean, the concept of things. Yeah. Wow. It's so much to digest there. I mean, the concept of pods sounds like a real game changer. Um, And it's fascinating to hear how this structure, I guess it just allows you to be a bit more like agile and view sort of sort of the customer in a more three, a, a bit more of a 360 approach. But yeah, I love that. Um, I'm intrigued to know like the impact this has had on general sort of uh, collaboration feedback between the, between your teams. Do you, could you maybe share some p- specific benefits you've observed by having these um, dedicated uh, pods? Definitely. So it's definitely allowed us to create feedback loops that have been much more efficient and consistent. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are clear channels of communication and ownership of action items within these groups. Um, You know, focusing on one industry allows us to be more laser oriented in the activities that we perform and and how we go to market and how we engage with current customers. You know, our hypothesis is that NPS is going to improve for each vertical. And we did realize that from the first half of this year to the second half of this year, we saw an increase um, by 47% and 16% in our top two verticals related to the NPS score. But we did see a decrease in others. So because we've just rolled out this program this year, I think it might be a little too early to tell uh, exactly what the measurable impact is going to be. But we're working on strategies to define KPIs and understand what we want that growth to look like, what we want the NPS score to look like for the specific verticals. And then we're going to continue to realign teams throughout the year um, so that we can settle into a regular rhythm moving into 2024. Additionally, you know, the sales teams and the CS teams are more in sync and we can execute more efficiently while also using the sharpest spear to deliver the best outcome for the customer and or organization. So we have resources that, you know, may be really, really skilled at delivering customer outcomes, you know, on the CS team, but aren't as adept at navigating uh, those commercial conversations. And that's when we would bring in the sales team as the negotiation experts to help us make sure that we're having the right conversations with the right people and that we are staying within our lanes, so to speak, um, for roles and responsibilities and and making sure that we're continually delivering those 
best outcomes. Um, you know, we've definitely found that the stronger the relationship is between the customer success manager and the sales leader, um, the more successful the customer is and the more that we're able to grow. So even within the pods, you know, the stronger that relationship is between CS sales as well as product, you know, we find that those verticals tend to be more successful as a whole. Oh, thank you for sharing that. It's it's great to hear, actually, because obviously there's a lot of noise about people, you know, people talk about collaboration and saying, you know, why it's important. But it's actually great to see the sort of the proof is in the pudding that you've actually seen that you are your customers are more successful with tighter collaboration. I mean, that's, that's I love I love that. I mean, and those improvements for MPS scores, impressive. Was it four, 47 forty seven percent in one in one vertical? I mean, wow, forty seven percent increase in one in one of our top um, two verticals. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. But again, like you said, it's probably, you know, to, uh, how long have you been, how long have you had rolled out this uh, industry vertical uh, pod program? It was in Q1 of this year. Q1, that's it. So it's probably, yeah, like you said, it's probably maybe, like you said, it's maybe too soon to tell for the other verticals, but I'd be really keen, <laughs> really keen to catch up for maybe next year and see where the others are. Cause that sounds, it sounds Absolutely. really interesting. Yeah. But I guess I'm, I'm touching on that. I'm also quite curious to know and, I'm sure our listeners will be too, will find this really valuable, Taylor. Like, have there any been have there been any challenges or weak links in this new organizational structure because that you might have had to navigate? Because, you know, there I'm sure there are bound to be teething problems in anything. Like you, you mentioned some of the some of the other verticals uh, didn't, you know, didn't perform just as well as the, you know, the in 40, the one that was 47%. But have you found this? Have you found there any anything that you've sort of looked back on, you know, in nearly a year or in yeah, nearly a year on? There have definitely been some challenges. Some of the verticals are stronger than others due to a number of factors. Um, it could be the maturity and experience of the resources that are aligned to that vertical. You know, we have stronger sellers or we have stronger CSMs related to specific verticals. Um, you know, some verticals are a an amazing fit for our product. Some are a good fit, but they're still part of our core target market, um, but we don't have the legacy customer base that supports uh, that vertical quite yet as, you know, it's either an emerging market for us or, you know, somewhere where we're trying to to gain market share. Um, it could be just due to the, the size and scope of the customers, the number of customers related to that vertical. And we're working to, to normalize that. You know, our goal is to find the, the best balance to align the goals of our customers with the goals of our organization. So it's a work in progress. We're definitely moving toward, uh, you know, that best fit, but uh, definitely something that we're continuing to iterate on. No, I appreciate you sharing that. I thank thank you. That's really it's a really insightful perspective. I think it sounds like you said to me, uh, it's a bit of a delicate balancing act. But um, it seems like you know, it seems like you're navigating it all with a, a lot of thought and strategy. Um, but uh, yeah, and and sort of and touching on strategy actually, that kind of brings me to um, another critical aspect of customer success. The all you know the all well-known sales to set uh, customer success handoff process uh you know when new customers are involved this this you know this process is really it really binds i think really binds customer success and sales um and so i'd be really curious to know taylor in your experience um why is having a formal sort of process checklist for this handoff so important and what kind of 
what are the kind of really, really crucial bits of information do you, you know, do you think are, uh, you know, essential to capture at this process? This has definitely been a gap in our organization for a while. The sales to CS handoff process was very informal. We didn't capture anything in any measurable way. Um, So what we've been working on most recently is creating a defined process for this. And we're initiating this conversation between sales and CS, you know, once a contract is signed. Sometimes it may be even pre-signature, depending on, you know, the the value that that customer is going to add to our organization and the ability for us to apply resources earlier. Um, But this checklist is completed by the CSM and we attach it as an asset on the account into Tango, which is our customer success software platform. Um, Things that we're capturing on that, you know, we need to know who the key stakeholders are and what matters to them. You know, who's our executive sponsor? Who are the key decision makers and influencers? You know, why did they purchase our product? You know, what are the main reasons they decided to buy? And what's the value they expect to receive? Because if we don't answer those questions up front, how are we expected to deliver success on the back end, you know, post-implementation or even during, during implementation? Um, really trying to hone in on what the customer is trying to accomplish or hoping to accomplish with our product. We want to define those objectives because if we do and we accomplish them, that should result in the eventual renewal of that customer. And those outcomes should always be measurable. We need a way to quantify whether or not we have achieved them. Um, so it's important to understand, you know, how the customer measures that success and what are the critical milestones or date drivers. Um, additionally, like how does the customer like to engage, you know, getting to know customers on a more personal level um, and how can we best make sure that we communicate with them effectively in the way that they like to consume information. We also like to understand from the salesperson if they've identified any risks to making this customer successful and ultimately renew. So if we can identify those risks up front, we can put plans in place to mitigate that. Um, We also want to understand where the biggest opportunity for growth within the account lies so that we can start planning that early on in the process um, and collaborate together with sales on the overall account strategy. We also think it's important to know when the customer's budget season occurs and what their fiscal calendar looks like, because that's a key component into driving growth and additional revenue. Uh, We have to have a good understanding of that. And then we also want to get down to how we, sales and CS, should best work together on the account to ensure its success and future growth. It sounds, uh, to me, it sounds like really CS does an awful lot of good by being integrated early on. And that seems like the real sort of differentiator here. But um, so I was just curious to know, what does this look like? Um, what, you know, what are some of the ways that customer success can get involved earlier on to, I guess, the benefit of the entire organization? Um, you know, if we're looking at from sort of, you know, from a revenue perspective and from a, a customer experience perspective, you know, I guess, I guess I think what my question is really, how can, how can we, you know, companies leverage CS as that's 
as that differentiator to impact, you know, your sales cycles, you know, your, your conversions. Yes. So our CSM team has begun taking on a larger role in the pre-sales cycle. Uh, we're inviting the vertical CSM to demos for those prospects. So, you know, once we engage with them, they want to start seeing our solution. We're coming with, you know, the full team. We've got the sales engineer. We've got the, the, the sales director that's leading the deal. We've got you know, customer success leadership, including my, myself and others, depending on the size of the deal, as well as that identified CSM that that account would be assigned with, you know, once that deal gets closed. Um, so this puts a face to the customer success organization for the prospect. And we're leading with customer success as a key differentiator from our competitors. Uh, we want to lead with partnership and the promise to deliver positive and successful outcomes uh, because we have a complex product. So we have a high-touch customer success team, and we feel that bringing customer success to the table early uh, helps increase our win rate. It lowers the customer acquisition cost, which sales is always happy about. Um, it allows us to start engaging and creating relationships with the customer and aligning with their objectives well before they onboard so that they have a more seamless experience through their customer journey. And it accelerates that time to value. So we're really looking to build that relationship as early as possible. And we feel like bringing the expertise for a specific industry vertical has really helped us to do that because we can talk about best practices with other customers. We have a very good understanding of the needs across that organization based on their industry and the things that are going to bring value to their organization. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think um, that's really, really, yeah, I loved hearing about that because I think having that sort of, I guess, having a formalized process um, between uh, sales and CS and having CS earlier in the conversation yet yeah, does clearly have just a demonstrable um, impact. But um, I imagine this might be a little bit of, I don't know, pushback from sales by adding maybe another another process in. Uh, but how so? How would you get how would you get buy in from sales teams who you know might see a more formalized process uh, in this sort of sales to CS handoff? You know, extra work or I don't know. So I guess the key question here is, yeah, how would you how do you how do you position the value of customer success in this scenario? It's funny that you asked that, Grace, because when I first brought this to our new leader who is over both the sales and success teams, um, the first thing he said was, I don't want to give the sales team another checklist that they have to fill out. <laughs> and so I imagine. Yeah. Our response to that was, okay, we're going to let customer success drive and lead these discussions. So, you know, once we have a new account that has signed, uh, we immediately assign a CSM to that account based on their vertical segment. Um, that CSM then will schedule like it's just a short 30 minute call with the sales rep to review the handoff checklist. And it's more conversational versus having, you know, a more formal document, even though we are filling something out, it's driven by CS and not by sales. And it's not, you know, Mm. seen as a mandatory busy work that the salesperson has to complete. 
It's part of engaging to ensure the success of the customer. Um, you know, we fully believe that delivering customer outcomes is how we foster advocacy and in turn, how many referenceable customers we have to help drive sales. So it is in their best interest to help us do that. And this helps us do that much earlier in the process and create better and more successful customers. So um, pretty new in our organization, but so far so good. And maybe we can check in later and I can let you know how it's going. <laughs> No, thank thank you. I think that's really, really important what you just said, because I think if you'd pause on that for a second and think about uh, sort of uh, taking sort of a broader kind of putting the customer and th focusing on outcomes and making sure that that's sort of central to every part of the, of the customer journey. It sounds quite simple, but it's often more often than not not done in a lot of lots companies um, where the customer isn't, you know, the outcomes of the customer aren't considered a sort of a priority at every every stage. So I guess if you're thinking about that, um, and sort of just sort of pausing on that for a second and thinking about uh, sort of customer success and customer experience as a as a company wide priority, not just a team. Um, I guess Taylor, if we're looking at CS beyond the team as an actual organizational strategy, how can um, how can a broader organization take ownership of the customer relationship um i think that's quite a i know it's a bit of a segue but why is that kind of uh that holistic approach so important to ensuring customer outcomes i truly believe that every department within an organization that is engaging with customers should take ownership of the customer relationship and their experience Every single interaction is crucially important from, you know, the first steps when they are in the marketing funnel to the initial onboarding and training to ongoing support, their engagements with, you know, your finance or accounting team, uh, your products company, your engineering teams and the, the product managers, every single interaction that they have um, can lead them to either being a promoter for your company or being a detractor, right? You can continue to deliver outcomes, but if, you know, customer success is, you know, the one strong piece, but the other departments are failing, uh, that customer is not going to achieve what they want to achieve. Customer success can't do it alone. Uh, we need help from everyone in our organization that touches the customer. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, I guess just just for the purpose of just like expanding a little bit, could you just let like for my for my benefit and for listeners to know why it's important that every touch point uh, and every experience drives positive outcomes? Because it sounds quite simple in and of itself, but I'm sure it has enormous yeah enormous effects on the sort of your your bottom line. I guess. Yeah, I mean, positive outcomes drive customer satisfaction, it drives stickiness, it drives expansion opportunities, and, you know, ultimately revenue. Um, so we want to build ambassadors for our company, and this is achieved through the delivery of positive customer outcomes. That's how we grow. That's how we grow within our accounts, and that's how we grow within the market itself. Thank you for that. You touched on before saying that, in you know, every interactions um 
you know, it's it's a it you know it, it needs to be uh, treated as like a real uh, a, a real opportunity. But how can you focus on the customer um, experience holistically, or how does focusing on the customer experience holistically drive drive retention or or revenue? Yeah, each interaction with our customers is an opportunity to build or break trust, and customer success cannot do this alone. Every step in the customer journey should reflect our passion for our customers and our part in driving their businesses forward. One of our key values is create wow. And that's not just a customer success value, that's an organizational value. And we want to make sure that we're creating wow in each one of those interactions. And that does happen holistically and across the organization. We also want to communicate the expectations for the customer journey early and often. Uh, we think that that's imperative to a customer success. We need they need to understand how they're going to interact with our organization and what they're going to be able to accomplish by partnering with us effectively. Uh, you know, Lincoln Murphy. If you're in the customer success world, I'm sure you've heard of him with 16 Ventures. He has a great quote that I like to to use. You know, you can focus on adoption, retention, expansion, or advocacy. Uh, or you can focus on the customer's desired outcome and get all of those things. I firmly believe that, you know, if you're delivering outcomes for the customer, then all of those things happen organically. And it's only going to allow you to nurture that customer more effectively and um, grow them into a successful customer and ambassador for your organization. Oh, thank you for that. That's a great quote. I know I love that quote. Um, and but sort of touching on that and education, I think as we wrap up, Taylor, I'm curious to know um about what would you say in your experience, you know, that I want to know a bit, a bit more about the training or education that can be deployed to help, I guess, bridge that gap between sales and success teams. Um, just I think mean, just yeah. Would like be curious to know what what you found to be effective um, in fostering empathy and I guess understanding of each other's roles at JL. I think that having strong leadership that is willing to collaborate and learn from one another is key for this. Um, up until recently, we reported into like a commercial office officer leader, uh, and now we're rolling up into a VP or SVP of sales and success. Uh, which means that you know success from a commercial perspective is at the forefront of our strategy, and that's been really encouraging. So having that top-down direction um, has been very impactful for us. We also have a very strong sales enablement team that customer success is benefiting from as we can leverage some of the same tools uh, that they're using for the sales team for customer success to continue to drive expansion and help our customers understand the value proposition of our product. Additionally, the vertical pods are allowing us to engage and understand the drivers for each other's behaviors and address customer needs as a team and in partnership with one another instead of working in silos. So that's been really effective. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much, Taylor. I guess I really, as our sort of final, final, final question of the episode, I'd be I'd be kind of, I feel like this one kind of ends quite nicely is like looking forward and um, sort of seeing 
room for improvement. So what would you say are some signs that um, particularly listeners for listening, what signs, you know, can they look out for uh, that maybe signal that say the sales and CS relationship maybe needs a little bit of attention, you know, a little bit of work on it. Um, How can, you know, you mentioned about leadership, how can leaders intervene before uh, I guess this impacts, uh, you know, your, your actual customers at the end, at the end, end of the day? Sure. I mean, I think you have to go back to basics. If the customer's desired outcomes aren't captured in the sales process and the sales rep can't articulate why they purchased your solution, you know, that's a major red flag. Uh, understanding this is key to establishing trust, uh, to ensuring a successful deployment, and also to help create the ongoing success plan that drives value for the customer. So if we're not asking them why, and what the value they expect to receive is, um, then we're missing the mark. So by implementing the sales to customer success handoff at contract signature, or even before contract signature in certain cases, uh, we can establish that foundation of the success plan early, then be proactive around the resources necessary to execute on those needs. I would also say that if sales is reaching out to existing customers without the knowledge of the CSM, that doesn't lead to a good experience for the customer 99 times out of 100. Uh, you know, we really need to work together as one team and, uh, you know, make sure that sales knows that customer success is instrumental in ensuring um, a successful outcome for, you know, growth opportunities. We can do this because we have really strong relationships with our customers and uh, we can help them win by giving them the best insights and strategies to lead with value. So always asking the sales team, you know, why wouldn't you want the customer success manager to be involved? You know, we're only going to help you win. I would also say that making sure that roles and responsibilities are clearly defined and that leadership is bought in and the direction comes from the top down. Because if you don't have a clear definition of the expectations within the different groups within your organization, then the customer is going to be just as confused as you are. And that's not going to lead to success for that customer or lead to successful outcomes. Brilliant. Thank you, Taylor. I think, yeah, you touched you really nail on the head there about leadership. I mean, it's, it's, it's so, I think it's so critical, I guess, in unifying to traditionally, well, not traditionally, I guess, customer success has been traditionally born out of, uh, you know, support, account management and sales, but I guess having that unification and then, yeah, exactly. It's, I feel like this episode, you've, it's been really, I think the key takeaways are involve customer success early on and really drill in the fact that we, like you said, we're one team, uh, sales and CS. So it's just, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Really insightful things you've said to this episode. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, so I'm afraid though that it's, it's probably we're kind of out of time. So but it's been really, really intriguing uh, just talking about this with you and hearing your, your like you know brilliant insights. Uh, it's been you know an enlightening conversation, and I'm I'm sure our listeners have gained a, a lot from your expertise. So thank you very much uh, for coming onto the podcast. Thank you, Grace. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh no, honestly, the pleasure is all mine. Um, and I guess to our listeners uh, that you know 
I, if anybody wants to uh, continue this conversation with you, Taylor, um, I'm, would you be you know would you be happy for people to uh, to contact you on LinkedIn? To you know, I'm sure they probably have got a number of uh, you know it's only only been only been a half a thirty minute uh, recording, but I'm sure that they've probably got heaps to ask about you about this you know and your experience and experience of your JLL's. Uh, uh, verticals and their pods. So I think it's, um, would LinkedIn be the best place for this to happen? LinkedIn would be perfect. And I would welcome it. I'd love to connect with other customer success leaders. And, you know, I really consider myself to be a student of customer success. So looking forward to hearing from those I connect with on strategies that they've used in their organizations as well. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll have people reaching out. I think that's one of the brilliant things about the customer success community is, uh, it is really a two way street. You know, you, you, I think you're, you, you can learn so much from one another and they've got so many, so many, so many, so many wonderful individuals out there in the sort of CS space who are so proactive and want to share and want to, and want to learn as well, like you said. So, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the conversations are going to be brilliant. So, um, but yeah, uh, unfortunately we have run out of time. So, um, but until next time, Taylor, and I would love to hear about how those verticals, how those pods are doing uh, next year, because it sounds like a really, really uh, interesting uh, uh, process you've got going on there. But, um, but yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's it for this episode. But thank you so much, Taylor. Thank you, Grace. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out our other episodes and go to the customersuccesscollective.com for even more customer success related content. You can also join our global community on Slack and you can find the link to that on the CSC website. But until then, see you next time.